Hello? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Oh, look at you. This is cruel and unusual punishment, uh, you don't know. Just because you went out last night hanging and banging with Norman and Fordham, nobody, you got to be a responsible adult. No, I don't. <laughs> I think those days are done with. Mr. and Mrs. American Authorship should see. They'd see it for Colony Confidential. Joey Sauce, Colony Confidential. If you can't tell, <clears throat> our most prized possessions currently our voices. We're both a little bit under the weather. Welcome to another fun episode of Colony Confidential. We're both sick, but not COVID, not the flu, not some... I'm not... What? I'm not sick. You're so full of shit. Anyway, I fine. I'll speak for myself. I was sick. Whatever I had, it put me on my ass for a day and a half. I woke up Friday morning and was like, you know what? I'm not going to work today. Instead of being sick for the next two weeks because you just never slowing down. I took a day and a half. And really I took the whole weekend because thankfully it was the weekend. And that was probably at 80% and today, 90. And by the end of the week, I should be a hundred. But if I did it the old school way, it would have took me a solid two weeks to shake the whole thing. Yeah. You just tuck it out. See me, I'm not sick. I was just running around with friends. I went to the Fordham game up in, up in Rose Hill there. I had a lot of fun and Fordham won. Remarkable. So anyway, I said all that about the cold because I haven't been sick aside from getting COVID once last January, but I haven't had any kind of cold since yeah. pre-COVID, probably going all the way back to sometime in 2019. So maybe the regular colds are now coming back and they're getting through the COVID <laughs> cloud. <laughs> oh, yeah, them regular colds. Nope, but, um, I, I know exactly what you got. What? You got monkeypox. Maybe. I had no rash, though. So, whatever. There's a lot going on in the world. Inflation, money, bruh, looming recession, mortgage rates. We talk about one of your famous phrases, turning adversity into advantage. Yeah. The new inflation rate comes out on the 10th, right? The only positive thing about inflation, it, it has been going down for the past three months. But... Over the past 12 months, it's been insanity. The high was nine, nine point something, and the lowest was like five, five and change. Oh, but, a boy in the White House has it under control. No problem. I, listen, we're not a political show. We're just going to discuss facts. We know you're a Republican. We know I'm a realist, which is not a Republican nor a Democrat. I'm a centrist. Well, you're a J.O. How about that? But- my point is inflation is trending down. People still believe that there is a recession looming. A lot of people will tell you that we're basically in it and the government is just trying to control it and stop it by upping the interest rate. I think the interest rate is 3 4% now. The Fed, so I think like an average 30-year mortgage is over 7% now. When I bought this house in 93, it was 7. So that's the other thing for anybody out there buying a house. If you have the money to buy the house now, the prices are coming down on houses. We know that. All right. So you eat the 7%. How long are you going to have to eat the 7% for? Two years, three years, five years. Back in the 80s, you bought your first house in the 80s, right? No, I believe it was a 76. Oh, wow. You were in diapers. So what was the interest rate back then? I took over a mortgage that this guy had at 4%. Oh, but I remember 
uncles telling me that their first 12 years in their house, they had an arm loan because it was in the teens, high teens. Oh, and I could have bought it with my money, but I would have had to get a, a new loan, which would have been a lot more. But this guy had a 4% loan. And so I borrowed 12 grand from grandma. I paid them 6% interest on the loan. But uh, there was no bank involved. So during this time, inflation, looming recession. How do you turn it into advantage? The adversity into advantage had more to do with business. You just knuckle down, do your job. The customers see that there's inflation. They see that there's higher gas prices. And again, it was the 80s. You had no problem raising people 5, 6, 7, 8%. When the contract was up, they understood. Of course, you had to do a good job. And in my case, in a checkmate's case, an excellent job, of course. And I couldn't believe it. So that was the advantage. I just remember with Jimmy Carter, who was a good guy, helped a lot of people out with Habitat for Humanity. But he just couldn't seem to get a handle on a, a few things. And, and that was one of them. The uh, inflation, the, the grandmother and Aunt Bridie were happy, was happy as Larry. They were getting 16% on their money that had saved in the bank. Jesus Christ, Eddie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's you the know. other thing. What are you getting on your money in the bank right now? Because there doesn't seem to be a correlation. Interest rates are going up, but the banks aren't giving you better interest in your savings account or in your they, bank account. I don't have I don't have either. That's part of the problem, right? That's part of the problem. Well, maybe they'll catch up. I don't know why they're doing that. I always figured the banks were robbing me. They are. Banks are the biggest scam out there, but it is what it is. We're going to get off track here. So the biggest thing in your business right now, the most important time, know your numbers, to know your gross profit and your net profit, to, to see where you're hemorrhaging. And something that Ed says, it's beaten into my body. You got to live, live beneath your means. Unfortunately, American culture is to be in debt at all times and to owe at all times. To a certain extent, there's a proper way to do that, to manage debt and leverage certain things to get ahead in business. But this is mostly about business and how to survive during these times. It's really to know your numbers and stay on top of them. To It's funny that you said people understood raises. This year alone, we're in month 11, so there's one month left. Most companies out there in pest control have done three raises this year to their customers. Some of my friends are at 19% on some of their customers. We personally raised some customers 23 because of how, because of relation, you know, the whole thing that always messes you up in business, relationship, size of the portfolio, they continue to give you buildings. You never raised the first building that you've had for eight years, but all the other buildings are up to speed. You know what I mean? I do know. So that's where we had a 23% increase. We have a slew of buildings under the same management group, let's say. And in February, we were just like, man, how is this building so grossly underpriced? We looked at it. We've had it for eight years. They've gotten like one raise in eight years, but we got 60 buildings with the people. So how do we go and say, you got to raise it? And it's really very simple because these are business people. And they may tell you, F you, we're going to take everything. They may play hardball. But if you go to them and say, look, you just gave us a new building that's similar to this one. It's 600 units. I'm just going to use an apartment building. 600 units. You're paying X 
for this one, you're paying Y for this one. It's essentially the same building. We need to bring this one up to speed. Here it is. It's 23% to get you where you need to go. <clears throat> the conversation is not always that easy, but you have to, at this particular time, Pest World, I had this conversation with about two or three PMPs in New York. <clears throat> we had said back in the beginning of COVID, like when it was like wading through probably like two years ago, right? October, November, 2020, when it seemed to be opening up and restaurants coming back and all of that. We had said, what's going to end up happening is almost like a redistribution of wealth in the service industry. And it's going to be the restaurant that fired you because of COVID now doesn't want to pay your price. And they're going to go with you. They're going to go with my competitor who's still maybe a dollar less than what I'm saying right now, but still $20 more than what it used to be. And then that person that got that account is going to have the same thing. And this conversation happened at Pest World where one of our friends from Queens was like, yo, you were so right. I'm getting stuff from you. I know you're getting stuff from me and it's because people didn't want to pay our price, but I bet you your price is very close to mine, if not higher. It's just that they didn't like the fact that we serviced them for 10 years and now we were going to be more. So that's also happened a lot, but you just got to pay attention. People are going to pay and people aren't going to pay. They got to be willing to walk away from, we just landed a nice deal and we wouldn't budge on the price. And they took us and that's it. We're happy. Everything's going to be fine. But you have to know your numbers. And honestly, you should always have reserves in your business. I know people don't really act like this, but you should have a certain amount of money. I like to have a certain three months operating budget minimum in the operating account. You know what I mean? And then there's another account that I kept for acquisitions. And we had it in Prudential. It was making a little bit of interest, but it was there when I needed it. And so I would agree with that. Let's just say for S and G's, that's a couple hundred grand. I would take that out of the company personally and put it somewhere where it could make a nice, you should be able to make 5% on it minimum, right? Put it somewhere personally, make 5% until that acquisition comes and then buy the money, buy it like that. You made some money on the money. Instead of making it in the business, make it personally. You're entitled to take that money out if that money's sitting there. Obviously, you already pay taxes on it, most likely. So you should take it out and put it somewhere where it's going to make money for you personally. Pay taxes on it, allegedly. Allegedly. But listen, anytime you have money sitting around in a bank account, I don't care how good your accountant is, one way or the other, you're paying taxes on it. Because if it's just sitting there at the end of the year... Anyway, there's a ton of ways to finagle things. I understand that. But the point is you probably pay taxes on it. You should take it personally. Take the interest rate. If a business deal comes out a month after you, you take it out, so what? You made a month of interest. But what if it comes out two years? What if you turn your 250 or whatever into 255 in two years instead of sitting in, in, in a company account? You made five grand over two years to do the same thing you would do, but it's personal instead of the business. And by the way, if you're making five grand, let's just say you made 2,500 the first year. You're paying taxes on the money for the business. Pay taxes on the personal side. At least it's going in your pocket. My point is, is if there's a certain level of reserves that you should keep personally. Absolutely. Moral of this story is, you know what? We've been through worse than this. And grandpa used to tell me, just keep your head down. Do the best job you can. Treat your customers. You want to be treated. 
be okay. Yeah. And listen, living beneath your means is such a, it's such a, it's an easy thing to, to look at for, from a business standpoint. How often do you take customers out? Where do you take them? What are you doing with them? Change it up. If you're taking customers to Peter Luger's, take them to a diner. And I'm not trying to be a jerk. The customers will understand like, yeah, they want a good meal, but we're going to go to a diner today or whatever the case is, right? Take, take a $500 bill and turn it into $250. All of us know how to do that. So, you know, you're going to go to a bar, go to a more local bar than a name brand bar where a martini costs $22 in the name brand bar and maybe $12 in the hole in the wall. That's still the same, you know, same alcohol. Have you been to the Floridian lately? No, it's brand new. Yeah, it's. I was there. It's really nice. And the food, cool. food was decent. Yeah, but yeah, another thing, talking about inflation and everything like that, a bacon, egg, and cheese in there. Shit, this was almost a year ago. It was almost $6. Yeah. That's a lot for a bacon, egg, and cheese. And it's only one egg. I told my friend Danny, I was tired eating in the last stop. It's like, Tom, why don't you come to my house? I made him a, a, a bacon and egg on a roll. So the roll cost me 90 cents. The egg is half a buck. And we'll say the bacon was a buck. So you got a dollar for the bacon, 50 cents for the thing. Instead of paying like eight, eight, nine dollars, it was like, what, three dollars, three and change? Listen, I understand. I'm sure that number is not frivolous, that mm-hmm. number for a bacon, egg, and cheese. I understand what it takes to operate a business. The same way someone that works for you makes $25 an hour, and they're running a $250,000 route, and people are like, how come you can't pay them more, right? And then you break the rest down, like what your cost is. Like a guy, $25 an hour is costing you over $110 an hour easily. So- we keep talking about numbers. Really, it is to know your numbers and to get in there and get dirty. This, I think you said it best. This is the time to buckle down. Just pay attention to your numbers. That's really the best you could do. Another thing, we all know vehicles are tough to get. I'm looking at Toyotas now because there's no Nissans out there. Toyota just literally a week apart, I got two vehicles and they raised it a percentage for the same three-year lease. So I just wrote back to the person and I said, I said, wow, I said, can you try and get me the same percentage rate as last week since I committed to the car last week? Otherwise, I'll probably just buy this outright and lease it myself to the company because now they have the interest rate on a car 3.5%. So if I drop 30 grand on a car personally, and then I'm going to pay myself for three years, yeah, the three and a half percent, I'm not going to get three and a half percent on 30 grand personally anywhere right now, except for the stock market, which is volatile. At least this is a solid guaranteed money for the next three years. And if I or you as a business owner can start to finance certain things in your company, why not do it on your own? Finance your own material and your own equipment if you can, especially now. I just bought two trucks and the two trucks are costing me what three trucks used to cost me. Hey. Yeah, exactly. But look, either way, that's the way of the world. Like, I'm not even mad. It is what it is. We're buying pickups. If you put a cap on it, the cap's an extra two to 5,000, depending on what the vehicle is. So there's a lot of moving parts. But my point is, you got to start to look at all of this stuff and see, can you come up? 
can you take some of that money? If you got a hundred K sitting around, finance a couple of things for your business. You look at interest rates, look at commercial interest rates, right? They might even be higher. You might even be able to lend the company money at 8%. 8% is nice. Yeah, very nice. But my point is you need to take a look at what you could do. We got to think about team engagement because the team knows what's going on. The team is struggling. The team is feeling all of this inflation. So you also have to keep them happy. And it's not necessarily by taking them out and partying with them, even though you should still do that. But you might want to think about ways to give back to the team while this is tough too. I don't know. You know, the team, that's nice that you take them out. What they appreciate more than anything else is money or even a pat back. You're doing a good job. Or what I used to do, if you were doing a good job, I hand you like a $50 bill. Keep it up. So if you weren't, then we had a little talk. So I think that little $50 bill now and again, because they talk amongst themselves. And I don't know, the money just seemed to resonate with them on a higher scale than anything else you did. I, you, so this goes back to knowing your team. Each team member is different. There's certain people that work with us that money is their only objective and they don't buy into anything else. And there's other people that are everything. They want compensation and they want the pat on the back. One person has literally said, it's not about the money. I like it here. This was during all of the COVID craziness, they were like, I like what we used to be about. And I know we're going to get back there. Somebody like that, you got to hold on to, but you just got to know the person. And you're right. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's something else. But I think right now, I mean, it could be something as simple as giving your whole team turkeys for Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever holiday you can do something nice for and not get scolded for by celebrating that holiday. So the same way we don't have a Christmas party or a Hanukkah party. We have a holiday party so that everybody that celebrates from any religion or any type of holiday, they are included because inclusiveness and diversity, those are hot topics right now that we've always been about at Colony, but you have to be careful with that. So what I'm saying is if you're going to hand out a turkey or something like that for the holidays, just be smart about it and know so thanks your you. audience. Anyway. So turning adversity into advantage, you just do it. That's it. Know your numbers, buckle down, batten down the hatches, get all the right team members in the right places. Now's a good time to potentially cut dead weight. But yeah. then you have the hiring crisis, which I think is still get, is getting better. Let's get back to dead weight. Dead weight, not always personnel. There's other dead weight. You got product and it hasn't been used in quite a while. And maybe you should start using it instead of ordering. And the other thing I think we do it, I noticed, I think it was the Jerry, I called it the Jerry Ford session. I don't know, it was either him or Carter. I started buying bulk. I was buying a ton of shit. Remember when I had the place on Quentin Road, the first one? I had that cellar half full of stuff, and, and allegedly, I started selling it. To, I got such a good price that I could sell it to my compatriots. Yes. Now is the time to dive into all of your technology that you're using to manage 
all of this shit. If you're using a gas card that that uses your GPS, you should dive into it and see what's going on and see where you could tweak things. Route optimization at this point in time. Again, another amazing thing to dive into. You know what I noticed? Just me. A friend of mine has a hybrid car. I'm using that car. Instead of using my car, but I noticed, Jesus, I didn't use that much gas, like maybe one third less. Yeah, I've had hybrid cars since 2007 until going fully electric. I, we still have a hybrid in the fleet. It's gotten better now, but for hybrid work vehicles, there is one out right now, but it's brand new. The flatbed is small. It's a Ford Maverick. You can't buy one until next year until the middle of next year, but that's a hybrid. But you, it depends on what the mileage actually is because the hybrid that I bought was probably $7,000 more than the gas model, right? Yeah. All three of the hybrids that I've had over time only saved five to 10 miles to a gallon of gas at best. I know the one that you're talking about is better, but it's not a good work vehicle for service. Now, for salespeople and certain types of managers, 110%. But we got to dive into technology, what you currently have. And if you pay X amount per month for something, what's the ROI on it? So all of this tech that we use for route optimization, once you start to cut routes and save money, you're going to save money on gas and time. And maybe you could add an extra stop to somebody. And if you listen to the fleet management 101, when we talk to GPS, track it. They spoke about how you could do all this within their system on how it enables you. And they had some real items that they've tracked over time where they see that you can save. So all I'm saying is this is a great time to dive into it. Your numbers, it's, it, it, it all boils down to diving into your numbers. And if you're making X amount a month, you should be spending Y and it should be lower than X, much lower. I agree with you. And when you, there's nothing like what's happening now to really get you to focus on the business. The, oh my God, there's little things that when you get two or three of them together, add up a lot of reasons why you piss away some money, unfortunately. This is a thing that, that I try and look at regularly, personally, and for the business. How many subscriptions are automatically on my credit card? Exactly. What's my cable bill? What's the cable bill at the office? Now, there's certain things that you just can't. Like, we have redundancy at the office. We're not giving that up. Like, we have multiple connections at the office in case one goes down. We have different providers to make it quicker in the office for efficiency. So that we won't give up. But other things like we might have the TV package at the office, we can give that up, right? If that saves $30 a month. And what you start to realize, a half a percent here, a quarter of a percent there, this boom, you get to 7%, right? You yeah. get to 7% savings overall for the company and you're, you're 5 million, right? Yeah. There's nothing to sneeze at. I know. It's like a quarter million dollars. When everything is going good, that's when I used to worry the most. Because <laughs> you know it's going to happen. But if, if you could pull here and there, like I just said, 7% of $5 million, 10% obviously is 500,000. So what's 7%? 350? Yeah, it adds up. No doubt about that. Right. So even if you just, if you were able to save 3% in a time like now, 
on five million. Still, it's money. It could be spent somewhere else. It could be kept in the war chest, but a three percent savings on X, right? So once you start to nip away, I'm not saying remove this one big thing, but maybe you have something in your CRM that you don't use that often, and it costs you five hundred dollars a month. That's six grand for the year that starts to add up. And like you said, times are different now. And as far as the inflation goes, I was taught at an early age, when things aren't going too good, you don't spend more money. No, no. It's just math. I don't agree with got a problem. You spend more money, spend more money. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm sorry. And that, that drives inflation. Yeah, it's a cycle. And I think that's probably one of the biggest takeaways in business. So we'll be celebrating 20 years under the Colony brand in February. 20 years. Wow. And we've been through some fun shit, right? We've been through post 9-11 is when I started the business. Think about that. 2003, we had the credit crunch, the Great Recession. We had COVID. And if it's taught us anything. There's always been ups and downs. Like right now, the cars are having a great time. They're at three, four percent, depending on your credit. But Toyota right now is 3.49 percent, right? Back in 2010, I was getting cars for zero percent interest for six years. It was a no brainer. I bought five of them, right? So it's ebbs and flows. And when I was buying them, I was saying to the car dealer and everybody, I was like, don't worry, you're going to get a chance to bend me over In a few years, it's how it works. I'm in a position now. I got money from my business. I could buy cars. You guys are upside down. You're going to give me 0%. I'm taking five. But the the point is to be understanding and be prepared for it. It's like riding a roller coaster at Coney Island. When you're up, it doesn't mean spend and go crazy. It just means you take advantage of it, though. The same way like anybody that buys a house now and you're going to pay anywhere between seven and 7.9%, depending on your credit rating, right? Interest. As soon as the interest rate lowers a point to two points, two, but it all depends, you're going to start really thinking about refinancing. And that's it. Hopefully, there'll be a change in a couple of years at the top, and things will get a little better. That's another problem is politics. They're part of the reason the pendulum swings because you have someone come in, they do things their way. Now you have someone else come in, they do things their way. And that's part of the swaying back and forth. I understand it, but it's just, it's part of the problem. I agree with you. Listen, I want to tell all my devoted listeners out there, if you want a job where you do very little, and you make a lot of money, get elected to uh, uh, office. Republican, Democrat, independent, whatever. Everybody goes in and tell you my mother was a single mother. I had problems. And then three or four years later, they're rolling in dough. what they do? They got elected. They got insurance for the rest of their lives. That's a whole nother thing. And somehow that needs to be broken too. Yeah. Good luck. Why would they break it? They're rolling there. They'll come back and tell you how good they are. They're lying like shit on both sides. Whatever. You got you to gotta sift through the bullshit. And it's not easy. All right. So <laughs> adversity into advantage. Just buckle down. Tighten your belt. Power through. Yeah. That's all you can do. First of all, you have to remember that you're the backbone of this country. 
the small business. They keep backing us into a corner and all of this consolidation. And if corporate America truly ends up taking over this country, the country's fucked. Oh, wait, listen, I forgot. Did you hear? Breaking news. Whoop, whoop, whoop. What did I, what was I supposed to hear? So you follow baseball, right? Everybody knows the World Series just finished. It was the Phillies versus the Astros, right? Yeah. So uh, conspiracy theorists were very concerned to the Phillies link to financial crisis. Yeah. The Phillies were the Philadelphia Athletics and they won the 1929 World Series two weeks before the stock market crashed and the Great Depression. Also in 2008, the Phillies clinched to be in the World Series and the stock market crashed back then too. Right. There's another one in the 80s, I think, when the Phillies were in the World Series and you had the 1980s issue with the stock market crash and everything like that. I don't remember what year it was. At 1987. Yeah, I don't have it all right in front of me, but I just thought it was very interesting that people tie it to the Phillies. Yeah, we got to get rid of that team. <laughs> anyway. I'll tell you, it had its very interesting moments in, in that World Series. But I'll tell you that Houston had a hell of a pitching staff, I'll tell you that. It would have been interesting to see if they won, though, the shitstorm of people pulling money out of the stock market. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Meta, formerly known as Facebook, fired a bunch of people yesterday. Layoffs. They're down like 80%, something crazy. It's just interesting that... Obviously, we could go back and listen to things, but some of the things that we've spoken about and to watch them come to fruition, it's just, I don't know, it's not mind-blowing. It's just, it's interesting. Like, Let's hope for the best and prepare for the worst. Yeah, that's really what turned into adversity into advantages, right? I can't say this enough. Foresight, looking ahead. Everybody talks about chess. It's a famous line. This is chess, not checkers. From a movie, Training Day, and... In chess, the goal is to think as many moves ahead to calculate your moves and the potential opposition's moves and everything like that. In this case, the economy is the opposition, right? But it's a good way to practice business, to think ahead and play everything out. You know what? This is a very dangerous time for our business, for a guy that's either a sole operator or he's got one or two people working for him because he's scared. He's not going to raise people. He's just happy if they keep him. And then that mentality stays with him 10, 12 years later. You look at his accounts, the way out of whack, the pricing. But no, these are good customers. I really don't put that much time in there. I spend much time on that account, 20 years. So as you look and you go, holy shit, the customer actually owns you. When you look to buy those businesses, you got to pay attention. I always looked at that as a green flag. Because people know that this guy hasn't raised them in 10 or 12 years, in some cases, 20 years. And look, Seymour Levy, the rest in peace, Seymour, he taught me you raise people X amount. You got 10 customers. And Amy, this is a very simple explanation. And you got to remember, this was in the 70s. So you got 10 people that are $10 each. You raise them $2. 20%, a lot of money. Two of them are going to quit. So now instead of getting $100, 96, but two that quit were the biggest ball busters. 
that there was. And now you got more time to look for new customers. So yeah, and you're making more money with your time. I agree. So I learned that from Seymour. You know what? If you're being affected by inflation, so are they. So they understand inflation is real. Yeah. I, yeah, it's a good negotiating tactic also when you're buying. But I think the bottom line in turning adversity into advantage from an entrepreneurial or business owner standpoint, even management, get out of your comfort zone, right? Because that's what you're talking about. With Listen, this. if you're in business, there's very little comfort zone because shit's going to happen. You just got to roll with the punches and just keep doing a good job. You're going to lose accounts anyway. Somebody's nephew got into the business. Give him your card and say good luck to the kid. 50% of them are going to come back to you, maybe more, because whoever went into business doesn't know shit. I agree with you. To be an entrepreneur, you're never comfortable, right? But I would tell you that there's certainly a comfort zone, and I found myself in it at times, and some people might use the word complacent. And I think as an entrepreneur and a business owner and certainly a manager, Obviously, as an entrepreneur, you need to kick yourself in the ass. There's not too many people that can kick you in the ass because they don't know enough of where you're slacking. I know sometimes like my like I've been comfortable for X amount of time doing this. I have to switch it up. I have to do it. Now, my job as the owner is to make sure that the next level of management after me is either doing it themselves or that I'm on top of it, getting them out of their comfort zone and that they're not just rocking all day doing the same old thing and going through the motion. So that's where the comfort zone, that's what I'm talking about, because you could deal with adversity all day long and stay in your comfort zone, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. You got to teach me that. Well, after how many years of running a small business and dealing with the everyday things, you don't think waking up every morning at five, whatever time you wake up, you're ready for all the craziness because you've been living it for five years. I would say after two years, you're it's, you're in your comfort zone well, and you're dealing I, with all that craziness. I understand what you're saying. I don't know if it's, uh, I would call it a comfort zone, but you're on top of things and you can handle more or less anything that comes up. You straighten it out. And you can't, you can't, you're going to ask people for advice sometimes, but the decision is yours. You're the man. You're the one that has to make this decision. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're not going to do this. So whatever happens, you're not working, in my case, in a bank where you're a puppet on a string. You're no longer a puppet on a string. You're the puppet master now. You got to try and be a really good puppet master. You got to pull those strings. It's all on you. You can hire people. They'll do a good job for you. But you know, when Harry Truman was a president, he had a thing on his desk that said the buck stops here. So that's about that's that says it all. All right. Listen, the buck stops here. My point about the comfort zone was just get it. And I understand where you're coming from. I think we're understanding comfort zone differently because comfort zone was writing yourself a check for seventy five or one hundred thousand dollars. That was a really good comfort zone. If you're running a pest control company day to day for X amount of time, whatever is happening every day is pretty much your comfort zone. Maybe not the first week or month or year, but eventually you are prepared for everything day to day. And that's your comfort zone. And what I'm saying is you got to get back 
and remember certain things once you become, even right now, get out of your comfort zone, do things differently. Remember how you built the business. Remember how you did certain things. Maybe get back to that. The same way you would tell somebody that treats a commercial kitchen that's having a cockroach issue, when you walk in, you normally go left, go right straight, change it up. That's what I'm talking about, your comfort zone. If your numbers are off, get out of your comfort zone. But right now, part of changing adversity into advantage is looking at your comfort zone and getting the fuck out of it. Okay. Look at that, America. I just learned one of the elders. <laughs> All right, Scoonji. All right, Mr. and Mrs. American Rollerships and Seed. Ed for Colony Confidential. Until we meet again, God bless you. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's Joey Sauce, the boss, County Confidential, and we are turning adversity into advantage. Have a good day.